The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. I asked uh, my dad what he wanted for his birthday, and he said a pizza party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, so, so now we're going to Chuck E. Cheese's, and... Uh... <laughs> Of course, that's where my mind goes, but he's thinking, you know, he wants to go to uh, his fancy pizza place. Pizza is very good, but it would be awesome to just go to Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) Just call him up and say, hey, can we bring our own pizza to Chuck E. Cheese? (laughs) Welcome to Season 8, Episode 13 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Pullum. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon today talking about the track from the 2003 fan club, I Believe in Miracles, a Ramones cover, with guest, first time guest, and one of probably the oldest friend I have in my life, one Mr. John Martino. Hello, John. Hey, Brandon. Thank you for uh, inviting me over. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, this is this is the only this is the first and only time I've I th- wait no I talked to Molly once. Well, this this is your wife. You talked to her one time. Well, I mean for the podcast, I I oh I did an episode save. with her because I <laughs> because I I, I I couldn't find a guest mainly oh. for that song. So I just wait, hold on. You maybe you should say that she was your number one choice. Is she well, gonna hear this? That's probably not. Oh. oh, okay, cool. <laughs> That's the kind of support I'm dealing with. Uh, I tell you, wives, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but this is hey, we're, this is this is uh, uh, I don't know. It's kind of strange talking to actually talking to somebody and not just looking at a blank computer screen with the little squiggles for the other person talking. It's nice to nice to have you over here. Yeah, I mean, we you know. We used to talk all the time on a weekly basis for hours. Yeah. It, maybe for me, it's weird to talk to you so much without a Denny's table separating us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or outside of a, a 7-Eleven drinking a big oh. gulps of Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. Ah, yes. But we can't talk about any of that yet because i have a format a strict rigid format and so i have to ask first john when did you first hear of pearl jam i first heard of pearl jam from our friend chris i think at the end of sixth grade beginning of seventh grade Mm -hmm. so 12 13 years old and then later on at a certain point you know i heard maybe jeremy on the radio but I remember I heard of them before I actually heard of their music. Yes, and and you're not really a a, a Pearl Jam aficionado, correct? No, I would say I'm not an aficionado. I, it took me a while to appreciate Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't think I really liked Pearl Jam <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember 
a, a I don't know if it was a late night or just kind of like an afternoon or something like that, like in the den of my house. And we were talking about like, what is the definition of like alternative? Because this is alternative music and I'm listening to Pearl Jam and you're listening to Guns N' Roses. Right. And sort of like, it's like, what is even this alternative music? What's an alternative to? Come on, man. It's like, no, it's really, it's, oh, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's deep, man. It's, it's all this stuff. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, I was definitely more, well, way more into like hair rock and <laughs> hair metal and, mm-hmm. and metal metal and hard rock. So, yeah, because the first concert I ever went to, I don't know if it was your first concert, but I went with you and it was either Guns N' Roses or it was Aerosmith. We saw Guns N' Roses our eighth grade year. I think it was Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. I think Aerosmith came to Reno later than that. Have, oh, these are my tickets. Let me see. You still have the tickets? I got the tickets, man. Oh, I man. have to have my tickets, and they have to be within reach because I talk about how many times I've seen Pearl Jam and when I've seen him and stuff. <laughs> so first, first concert was Guns N' Roses, 1993, April 4th, 1993. For right. The uh, for the Wikipedia page, if anybody wants to, I don't fucking know, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and was it was that your first concert too? No, no? um, this is well, I don't think it's embarrassing. My first concert was MC Hammer. Oh, okay. Now, what's embarrassing is my second concert was also MC Hammer, <laughs> he came twice, <laughs> I was there both times. You're gonna say like the the like the one time New Kids on the Block came to town or something like that, like back I, in fifth or sixth grade or something like that. I remember them. I didn't see that one. I missed New Kids on the Block. But you made sure to go to MC Hammer. Double sure. <laughs> <laughs> that when we went to go see um, Guns N' Roses, I you remember like the first band came out. It was uh, Brian May from Queen. Oh, and was then, it? Oh shit! I don't even remember that. Yeah, no. It, so in like, I didn't even care. I mm-hmm. mean, I didn't know who that was. Yeah. And then what was it? Would you say like three hours we waited? <laughs> Probably. And then Guns N' Roses comes out. Um, I remember being blown away by it. To get to the point though, when we finally got home the next day, my mom said, "The only reason you went to this concert." It's because you were the firstborn, and sometimes we make mistakes as parents. <laughs> so we were like 14 and got home at like, uh-huh. what, four in the morning? On a yeah. school night. Well, yeah. I remember it was a school night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and so, so you have twins. Yeah. And so does that mean one of them's going to get to make a mistake and the other one won't? No, you, you know, it's like, ah, well, you're the boy, so you get to do the dumb stuff and you're the girl, so you got to, uh, you know, be respectable because, you know, we know about this fucking dunce over here or are, you gonna, <laughs> or are they both going to make mistakes at the same time and it's just going to be a wash? Um, well, I feel like just kind of like the way it's naturally gone... Henry's definitely more prone to the mistakes, Mm -hmm. but he has a lot of glory too. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) first to bust out of his crib, Mm -hmm. first to, he's actually the first to walk where five minutes before he was walking, I'm like, he can't walk. And then he like, uh, walked by 
falling over and just catching himself. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon he was walking around. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I think I could just let nature take its course and <laughs> let Her- Henry be the cautionary tale for <laughs> <laughs> let them let them sort of uh, uh, gauge for themselves, like sort of like, ah, do I really want to do that? What what he or she's doing? Uh, uh, I don't know. That's kind of or or are they gonna are you gonna try to pit them against each other, or do you think they're gonna form a a team to pull to hornswoggle? Is this, are you, is this a quiz? Is there a right answer or a wrong answer oh, no, to no. pitting them against each other? Is that the, <laughs> the latest parenting advice? Well, no, I mean, that's, I mean, that's how you grew up, right? I mean, <laughs> in a cage match. <laughs> yeah. You, you and your siblings are, it was on <laughs> a free for all. I, I feel like in general, we grew up and it was more a free for all kind of situation mm-hmm. i don't know what do you think well i don't know I, I don't know i just have one kid but i mean like well no but you, you're part of a family you had siblings oh oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. i mean like we were a, we were pretty much a free-for-all except when we were all going to get in trouble and then that's when we had to band together you teamed up yeah we didn't have that's when we formed voltron we didn't <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really start out doing any teamwork stuff you know if it was for anybody's benefit but it was only for covering asses right is when uh we'd uh come to a detente okay well i'd say you guys were probably a little bit even that was a little more advanced because well and it wasn't probably until you know yeah, probably not until I was in high school <laughs> at that point. <laughs> because then it's kind of like, okay, wait, we'll blame, we'll blame the, the youngest one okay, for everything. See, this is familiar. Like yeah. someone was getting blamed. Someone's getting set up. Yeah. But then you do enough of those and then it's kind of like, we're just going to punish all of you instead of, you know, that. And then it's kind of like, okay, we have to learn a lesson here. Now be good for grandpa while we're at the parent teacher meeting. We'll bring back dinner. What are we going to have? Well, that depends on what your teachers say. If you've been good, pizza. If you've been bad, uh, let's see, poison. What if one of us has been good and one of us has been bad? Poison pizza. Oh, no, I'm not making two stops. <laughs> and our lesson is... is <laughs> not to not deviance. do bad stuff. It's to <laughs> cover each other's asses. <laughs> if we work together, we can still do all the bad things we were doing. And we'll, be, we'll be above the law. <laughs> Did you ever hear the Ninja Turtle story? Did we ever no, tell you that? No, I don't think so. So one Christmas, like what we wanted for Christmas was uh, Ninja Turtles. And so we all asked for Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. And so our parents, and they also then used to have some of our Christmas presents out uh-huh. um, before you know Christmas Day and everything like that. There'd be a couple here and there. And then, you know, when you wake up on Christmas, then you put the rest of them out and everything. I'm going to ask a question. Yeah. This, all right. So did you ask for specific Ninja Turtles or you guys just each wanted a Ninja Turtle? I think we we each wanted certain specific ones. And so we kind of each asked for... Who got left out? Was it Raphael? He's a nothing. No, I was I was Raphael guy. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, Donatello is the... Uh... <laughs> The, the engineer? 
Yeah, nobody cares about that guy. You want the you either want the leader guy because he's got fucking swords. You want Raphael because he's like the brooding kind of. It's like, oh, I'm a bad boy guy. Or Michelangelo because he's the fucking you know party dude. dude. Yeah, Donatello. He's the nerd. Nobody likes Donatello, but <laughs> Donatello was. Wait, no. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Because Brian Brian liked uh, Leonardo. Ben liked uh, Michelangelo. So I was a Raphael guy. Okay. The yeah. brooding guy. Yeah, man. No, all right. <laughs> right? I mean, you know me. <laughs> I'm putting it together. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> but, you know, Ben, the party guy. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's to a T as well. Yeah, yeah. Now I see it. So, all right. Because I was like, well, maybe did you get a fourth one? And was that a community-owned one? Or did you have three? Or did you have a team of three Ninja Turtles? We had it at some point. I don't. I don't remember who got it or anything like that. But anyway, we 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 had these. Ninja, we wanted Ninja Turtles, and so there were a couple of um, presents out under the tree. We would kind of you know move them around and everything like that. Try to guess you know what's in them, shake them, you know that sort of shit you do when you kid. And uh, one of them started to rip, like the wrapping paper started to rip. Uh-huh. And I looked at. It, I was like, I think this is fucking Ninja Turtles, man. <laughs> and so. What I did was I very carefully lifted up the tape and kind of like opened up one side of it and saw that it was like a Ninja Turtles carrying case. And I was like, this is this is heavy. There's stuff in here. (laughs) And so then I took it into my room and fucking like slid it out of the uh, of the wrapping paper with just one side opened and opened it up. I was like, oh, shit. It's like so then the other ones that are this shape. Or the exact same thing. So we all got fucking Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And so then I kind of, you know, tuck it back in, fold it up, stick it back out there. Uh, I tell my brothers, dude, we got, we got Ninja Turtles for, for, for Christmas. It's like, oh, okay, cool. It's like, here's the plan. <laughs> I guess this time we kind of came together. It's like, let's take all of our, nin- the Ninja Turtles, like and open them up, keep them hidden. And then before Christmas, we'll kind of wrap it back up and put it back under the tree and so we'll just fucking play with them before you know before before christmas Christmas. (laughs) and so we do that and we we, you know we kind of like oh you know we'll kind of play and everything like that we'll we'll set up some uh we'll set up our beds like in sort of like a certain way or something like that so if our mom and dad like come home or something like that it's like we can just like hide them real quick or something so they won't see that that uh that we have them and everything like that and um then my mom tells us, you know, one one time they're looking under the tree. It's like, aren't some presents missing? It's like, yeah, because there were some bigger ones that were there. So then they confronted us and they found out that we had uh... <laughs> opened your Christmas yes, presents. that we had. And so then, yeah, we got in uh, in trouble for that. And then they also started uh, not putting everything out, and they would also then start uh, fake wrapping. Uh, stuff so they would put stuff into <laughs> different uh, boxes like shoe boxes or something like that so it'd make it harder if you were to open up the uh the wrapping to see what was in it and everything did you grow up with santa claus yeah like, did you believe in santa claus growing yeah up? yeah for a while at that point no no you no. didn't though no, no no no, not at that point okay no yeah i think it had to do something with like by our the year we got bikes or something like that because I think I like I saw my dad putting the bikes together or something like that, and then of course I had to t- tell my brothers. I think <laughs> it was either that or my, or Brian was with me too, and we kind of both saw it. I think I don't know, uh, but I think my kids. I think my 
the kid might be home, so. Oh, <laughs> sorry. No more talking about that, but yeah, so let's move on. Uh, this, like, this is a song from the quote unquote Christmas single, uh, at times called a fan club single. Uh, this is an acoustic version of the song, which um, they did a couple times. I can't, oh man, I should have fucking looked this up because I think, I'm not sure if this is the Ben Royal Hall version or not. The one you sent to me was um, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Okay, so it was the Santa Barbara show. Awesome. did it they um so then like i said they also did it at uh the ben Royal hall acoustic show this um song was written by dd ramon and also daniel ray who was the producer on the brain drain album which this uh is the opening track to the ramon's final album of the 80s of course dd ramon you may know as uh dd king of uh standing in the spotlight rap album fame (laughs) he was the one that put out a rap album didn't know that See the song the I believe in miracles started out for Pearl Jam as a tag to the song Daughter up until 2003. Uh the first time they played it as a tag was September 13th, 1995. Thank you. 
And then first time they played the official song whole as a whole thing, uh, June 6th, 2003 in Vegas. I was at that show. Also, also in 2003, which maybe this is why they started playing it around then, Ed is singing with the band Zeke on the Ramones tribute album, We're a Happy Family, uh, produced by Johnny Ramone and Rob Zombie. also has a uh, has some liner notes by uh, Stephen King as yeah well. um, do you have that scene have you just seen it no I it? have um, somewhere I probably have the cassette in 2003 you were still getting cassettes yeah because no 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 not in 2003 but the brain drain oh okay album I have on cassette because I think I I bought it at a recycled records mm, okay so they also sold cassettes, which were recycled. <laughs> they still do have cassettes there at Recycle Records, or they just got them again. I think because the, uh, the, the cassette renaissance is upon us for some Are reason. Are we living in the time of the re- renaissance? A, a cassette renaissance. <laughs> Are yoga pants the tights of, <laughs> Maybe, of this yeah. renaissance? We'll see if leg warmers come back, too. Or, uh, oh, sweet. What else? I don't know. There's a, there's some uh, there's some show with um, Rose Byrne. It's like an '80s exercise show, I think on on Apple. Not a, not a sponsor. But <laughs> lines are open though. You're open to having a sponsor. <laughs> uh, maybe, possibly. Oh, hmm. it depends. Koi. If the price is right and who it is. Every every everybody's Less got koi. a price. Less koi. <laughs> as, <laughs> as 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 Jackie Cation said. Uh, of of Dork Force fame, I was just on there. And, uh, well, not by the time this comes out, but as her as her dad told her, never say no without a number. Oh, that's good advice. Yeah. So if there's something you really don't want to do, then jack up the price. That'll make it worth it for you to do it. So that they'll they'll go. Oh no, we don't want to pay you that. It's like good because I didn't want to do it. Anyway, chances are you listening might have figured out 
that, well, A, I'm talking to my friend John because he's my friend and I like talking to him. Even though he's not a Pearl Jam fan, I'm talking to him about this song because then he would have to have some connection with the Ramones, right? Yes, I do have a connection with the Ramones. And this specific song. This particular song I have a very, very close connection with. And what is that connection, John? Well, when I was 18, I got a tattoo with the lyrics from the song I Believe in Miracles Mm -hmm. on my arm. Yes. You didn't tattoo a name on your arm, though. No. (laughs) That'd be dumb. (laughs) Tattoo your name. I tattooed the lyrics to a song that I had probably heard five or six times on that cassette that I bought from Recycled Records. Mm-hmm. Maybe five or six times on the way to the tattoo parlor. Oh. It was a... Were you trying to pump yourself up or trying to make sure that you knew what the lyrics were when you told the person so that they wouldn't be messed up? I I think I was (laughs) trying to pump myself up and I was like, hey, I'm going to call an audible on (laughs) the most unchangeable thing I could do. So this wasn't your original plan? You, you, you knew you were going to get a tattoo this day, right? Did you have it planned out? It's like, okay, I'm going to get a tattoo... So Yeah, I wanted to get a tattoo, and I was pretty set on getting a tattoo of two sharks swimming in a circle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'd wanted that for a while, and I was like, I want to do this. And uh, I drew out the, the tattoo myself mm-hmm. and uh, had the money. I'd saved some money. And then uh, driving down to the tattoo parlor, I decided while I was listening to the song, I'm like, hey. That would be a great lyric to wrap around the shark swimming in a circle. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I told the guy that's what I wanted. And, and, and those lyrics are? Lyric, the lines? I have been blessed with the power to survive. I have been blessed with the power to survive. Why those lyrics? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like, why did I choose those lyrics? I think it was, that was part of the refrain or something in the song. No, yeah, it's, it's the, it's in the verse. Yeah, the verse. It's in the first verse. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I really like the song. I was listening to it just now or recently and mm-hmm. I, I still like the song, like the Ramones song mm-hmm. is enjoyable for me to listen to. When I was listening to it, I was kind of like, I always thought of it as like a really melodramatic song. And I think, knowing what I know about the Ramones, I think it's actually kind of a serious song and a pretty heartfelt song about someone who, this is my opinion, Mm -hmm. is like recovering from addiction. The melodramatic part was that I was 18, so I, I brought the melodrama to the song. <laughs> um, so the, the version on the single, which is the version, I get, well, I don't know about the version or the song itself or whatever else, but the reason I'm talking about it is because it's on the fan club single, so we'll talk about that version, which is kind of slowed down and acoustic. That's, it's kind of... An easy trick to do, I think, when when certain bands do that, they'll get like a punk song or they'll get just like a uh, 
another song and they'll just kind of like slow it down. And I know they do it a lot for like uh, movie trailers and stuff, but it's usually more like a maybe a horror movie thing. When I was listening to the Pearl Jam versions you sent, like really to me, it made me it made me ask questions like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like. Why do you think they chose this song? Because as a Ramones song, it's like when people think of the Ramones, right? They think of like these short songs that like a lot of times are kind of funny or, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is a, I would say more like a normal traditional song. It's like over three minutes long. Mm -hmm. It is produced like pretty heavily. Like I would want to know, like, why did Pearl Jam select this song? to mm-hmm. to cover have you ever heard no i don't know like because it's kind of in the in their consciousness it's let's see the album came out in 89 so that's kind of right before pearl jam got started so eddie is the ramones fan he became friends with the various uh ramones because i think that time too in 2003 was when Johnny might have had cancer or something. Hmm. I think I felt kind of validated knowing that Pearl Jam covered the song because I always thought of it as like, oh, I like selected a song that's like not really typical of the Ramones, and mm-hmm. I would guess that Ramones fans maybe would not be so much into. It's not like a punk song, yeah, for yeah. sure. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's not like what you think of as punk, but. I don't know, Pearl Jam to me is like this smart band that smart people are into. And I'm like, oh, if they chose the song to cover, then there must be something to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes they just do things that they like. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, because at the, the, uh, the Santa Barbara Bowl show, that was a, um, not necessarily fundraiser, but sort of like a show for, for Johnny Ramone. Because he had uh, cancer at the time. Uh, the Lewis Warshaw Prostate Center and at Cedar sinai Okay. I mean, to me, it makes sense to... It would make sense on the level of... It's kind of like a... I think it's an uplifting song. A, mm-hmm. a triumphant song. Like this person's talking about past struggles and how they're still optimistic. So I think it would work for you know, a fundraiser kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, if somebody has cancer, you're kind of hoping they pull through, so. When you, the track that you sent, it had Christmas on it, so I was thinking, oh, maybe they just did it because, you know, Christmas miracle. No. Like, there was a, but it sounds like they'd been doing it for longer than that track. Yeah, because, yeah, because then at that, at that point, they'd been doing it, eh, they'd do it for a couple of months on the tour, and then they still bust it out every once in a while but they really hit it hard in the 2003 um like i said like i don't know if it's because of the we're happy family sort of connection sort of like ed did it and it's kind of like did it with zeke and was like hey you know maybe we should just start playing it a lot more and stuff like that and kind of that's the time when it sort of coalesced or if it was because johnny was going through what he was going through and i think that um there's also a performance that they did in Mexico, one of the Mexico shows they did, where Eddie calls up Johnny on his cell phone, old school flip phone, <sighs> and uh, you know tells the audience that uh, hey, you know 
I'm going to count to four. He said he has this all written out in Spanish and he's trying to read it. It's like, <laughs> like, you know, say hello, Johnny or something like that. And he calls him up on the phone and does that. I think like right before they, uh, right before they play the song. Mexico City just said hello to you, Johnny. Buenos dias, he says. Buenos noches, Johnny. Okay, you want to hear? Uh, we're going to play Ramon's song. Okay. Yeah. He says to say uh, hello to all the fans in Mexico City. Esta canción se llama Yo creo en los milagros de la banda Ramones. Did you know that the Ramones were an influence on Pearl Jam before you heard this cover? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because in, in certain other songs, Ed would throw in lyrics about you know, other from other Ramones songs and stuff. And then he even, um, Joey does a song with Pearl Jam on one of their other Christmas fan club singles. Oh. Earlier, they play a uh, Sonic Reducer and Joey's uh, singing with them. And uh, I always think it's just kind of amusing because you Joey, Joey just go like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> in his in his voice, he's got he's got a New York accent, even saying "all right." <laughs> you can hear before they start playing, and that's kind of cool. So yeah, he kind of he kind of started knowing all of them and everything like that, and Joey and Johnny and uh, Marky, I think. Do you hear like Ramon's influences in Pearl Jam music in, in I general, in, or can you think of any? I think in like the in like sort of like the punk songs that that eddie writes because they the only other kind of eh, mike the lead guitar player he kind of has some punk influence in him and then the bass player uh jeff he's got some kind of punk influence in him i don't know if it's more if it's it's probably eh, yeah it's probably the music just because of you know he's playing punk you know in the early days and everything like that but also like in sort of like the ethos and like the you know we got a say damn the man and kind of DIY kind of do stuff ourselves and okay that sort of stuff so maybe definitely in the Pearl Jam philosophy or whatever of the yeah. band you you can see connections there mm-hmm. yeah I mean for me it's not like I never those are not two bands like I personally connect but again I'm a very casual fan so <laughs> yeah it was kind of interesting to know that they cared enough to cover the song. Yeah, I think... Um, oh, shit. No, I won't even start talking about it because I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> they've, done a couple, they've done a couple other Ramon songs. Oh, yeah, because they did also... Um, yeah, because then on another uh, Christmas single, they did um, I Just Want to oh. Have Something to Do. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a total... 
it's also like a slowed down version and it's kind of like weird sounding and stuff as far as like the stuff that they've released i think those are the only two uh ramon songs and they've they've done a couple covers live just kind of one shots and stuff like that maybe i don't know i don't cover really the live stuff because that's just way too much (laughs) (laughs) unless i don't know but (laughs) sorry you see my eyes roll back in my head and (laughs) just (laughs) go into fugue state let's see i don't know yeah it is kind of like a sort of different sound well i guess kind of like the later album because like the you know the first couple of ones are the ones that everybody the ones that people care about from the ramones right it's just kind of yeah i i mean my i should also say i'm casual ramones fan but you know like most of the music that they're known for is music that came out in the 70s and yeah so the the brain drain album is quite a bit different than that um when i was doing because i i didn't even know who actually wrote the song so i did look up some things but they said they're not a big fan of their brain drain album but Mm -hmm. um they pointed to this one song i think joey ramon points it to it as like that was a bright spot for him Hmm. in the album so yeah i think probably two three four five probably like the first six albums or five or four four or five albums are the ones i think people talk about Mm -hmm. the most except i don't think anybody talks about leave home but (laughs) (laughs) as a sophomore slump but you know yeah because i think like in the 80s you know because it's like i want to be sedated it's kind of like when their when their renaissance i guess came in the 80s because you know it was a video on mtv and everything like that kind of was representative of that sort of 80s sound they had where it was not necessarily punk but just kind of energetic music rock i guess yeah yeah they were like i in the late 90s i i actually would hear some of the things they released on the radio not Mm -hmm. a lot and they were part of Lollapalooza in 96 i saw them play oh wow yeah they were in they're awesome cool i saw them like in the middle of the day in san jose state stadium mm-hmm. but people are really into it and it was they were fun cool it's a fun band to see was <laughs> what a downer <laughs> yeah ah damn it <laughs> let's see i don't know is there anything else really about this so you got your you got your notes i went through all my notes i, I blazed uh-oh, through uh-oh. that in the beginning <laughs> Jeez. Um, Can you read your writing or is that, <laughs> or you don't know it, what you were I, trying to, <laughs> with, with the point you were trying to, to, uh, yeah. Like I, I mean, all the things I notice about the song or we've already talked about, so I don't really have that much more to, <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> to talk about the, the song itself. No, that's all right. That's totally, that's totally fine. It's just, uh, it's the way some of these episodes go. Sometimes there's a, a lot to dissect. And I think a lot of times with, covers it's sort of like it's somebody else's song so you don't really know like what it might mean or anything like that and plus this is a pretty simple cut and dry i guess sort of song it's kind of like hey you know kind of stuff happens and kind of hey sometimes you pull through and oh all right you can you could cut this out because i don't (laughs) want pearl jam fans to burn down your (laughs) because i i think pearl jam is 
awesome. And I think Eddie Vedder is an awesome singer. But I have to say, like, I definitely liked the Ramones version Mm -hmm. of it. Like, I think the song has a lot to do with the energy of it. Mm -hmm. And when they slow it down, I was, you know, they performed it well. But uh, I was like, oh, this is, like, definitely not... I'm not feeling the same things that I felt in the other song. Mm-hmm. And it also probably has to do with the fact that, you know, I'm assuming Joey Ramone is singing it, but he knows the person that wrote it and mm-hmm. probably feels, you know, like knows that person's struggle. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That is part of the why I was like, I wonder why they chose this one. Like, I think... <laughs> there was a part of me that kind of wondered if the audience that they're performing it for knew like knew the song or was mm-hmm. familiar with it because if you slow it down like it yeah yeah it seems like it's something like people might like sing to or you mm-hmm. know like i don't know what i would like to know how, how they thought the song went yeah like like i said like I, it is kind of like a gimmick of slowing down a punk song or something like that. I mean, Pearl Jam has even done it to, to one of their own songs. They have mm-hmm. a song that's like a minute long and then they've slowed the, you know, kind of slowed it down and made an acoustic version of it that they'll play every once in a while. Just to, I don't know, just kind of mess around with it. It's could be, you know, part of trying to be an artist and figure out new ways to do things. But then also sort of, I think when you slow thing, when you would slow something down like that, I think it sort of brings more, attention to it you're making people pay attention more as opposed to you know just kind of bashing through something and playing it fast but i I think they're just kind of i don't know they're just kind of messing around and seeing what they can do with it and everything because it is kind of like you said like one of the almost longer sort of ramon songs because it's you know almost four minutes long or something like that but then you slow it down it makes it even longer longer. (laughs) it's kind of like okay i get the idea i get the idea at a certain point maybe yeah, well, on the other hand, I mean, when I was listening to Eddie Vedder sing it, like, it, the lyrics come out as like, oh, yeah, I mean, this this is definitely a positive song in mm-hmm. the end, and again, it makes sense that it would be used at a fundraiser or something like where you want to have like an optimistic outlook on something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we're here at the end. We can wrap it up. The The, the, the question is, how drop this up because it's it's in the Pearl Jam 30 year and I have been asking people what Pearl Jam means to them but you're not really a a Pearl Jam fan so I don't know if you would have an probably not an answer that would be I don't know um good (laughs) I don't know about good but would be satisfying for other people listening who might be Pearl Jam fans, or I can go back to one of my old, uh, old standbys that I would wrap up uh, by asking people um, what's something they think that people should listening to this should do to help uh, share the light and try to make the world a better place or just try to bring some light, levity, happiness to just somebody whether it be smiling and saying hi but you know, wear masks or something I had holding the door open for somebody so i don't know but 
I, 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 I'll, I'll give it a crack. <laughs> I'm give these questions a shot. Which, <laughs> which one? How are, we, how are we ending this? So then I can make sure I can add, I can pose the question properly because, like I said, this is very strictly formatted. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I would like to answer what Pearl Jam means to me. Okay. So then, right. John, I pose the question to you, much like Eddie Vedder is asked at the end of Single Video Theory. Uh, I'm going to ask you, John. What does Pearl Jam mean to you? So for me, a admitted, not Pearl Jam super fan, maybe a casual fan, I, when I think of Pearl Jam, I think a lot of nostalgia mm-hmm. and memories. And, you know, as much as Pearl Jam for a long time I was kind of indifferent to, a lot of my friends that I love and respect, it, Pearl Jam meant a lot to them. So... I'm always going to have like uh, positive feelings. And also think for me, Pearl Jam, when I started to get more into the music, it was kind of like I had to mature a little bit as a person. So for me, it's like a kind of a good sign that mm-hmm. I'm enjoying Pearl Jam now, now more than I did when I was 14. We're all about hair metal and corrosion of conformity. Um, corrosion and <laughs> conformity till I die. I'm good. But <laughs> a lot of, of the other of it, <laughs> maybe not so much. So I know there's those Guns N' Roses uh, songs coming out every uh, once in a while. Yeah, That's... I know. They're um, you're the one that gave me that. I don't. Hopefully, you don't go to prison. But uh, <laughs> you were the one that forwarded me like I think the original leaks to not the original original. But the leaked songs that were out in the world, you were the one Did that I? passed them. Yeah. What? Yeah. When was this? I think it might have been when we lived together in Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was doing a lot of uh, bit torrenting uh, back then. That <laughs> I might have found, oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe I edit that part out, but uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, what the hell's the, the, the name for it? Uh, length of god what's the word when you can't prosecute anybody because enough time has passed oh um statute of limitations there we go (laughs) well so yeah i think this is it thanks john hey thanks brandon (laughs) yeah good hanging out talking and uh bullshitting and then and then getting this episode done so yeah you know really really long talk short episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's 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 pretty much the way that it goes with uh when, when i'm talking to people i know it's like heaven episodes hairy episodes is big old chunks oh that's that funny are, uh, that are cut out that yeah, makes sense. don't make it in so cool that's okay saving it saving it for the box set people <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks again john thanks brandon take care the Better Brand Podcast is produced by Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B R A N D E N P. 
If you'd like to support this podcast, you can go to either ko-fi.com slash Brandon P or patreon.com slash Brandon P. You can also just give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, but don't forget to tell your friends. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest John, and as always, this is Brandon saying, My Homer is not a communist. He may be a liar, a pig, an idiot, a communist, but he is not a porn star.